0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. A few years ago, I noticed that a term started to be used on different sports networks like ESPN or Fox Sports that I had only heard in one other capacity. The commentators, or sometimes even different sports stars being interviewed, would say that somebody was the GOAT or the G-O-A-T. And this led to a little bit of confusion on my part. I would hear it in the interviews, see it on the bottom scrolling of the, of the ticker feed, that so-and-so claims to be a goat or so-and-so is the goat. One day at lunch, and there's a little bit of a confession here, I really don't watch that many sporting events and probably watch most of my sports uh, television while I'm eating dinner or lunch somewhere with friends. Anyways, I asked some of my friends why this person or that person was considered a GOAT, because I thought that they were a pretty good player. Some people in the company smirked and laughed a little. Others sort of shook their head, and one of them asked, You don't know what GOAT, or G-O-A-T, means, do you? I replied, I guess not, and they proceeded to fill me in on the knowledge I lacked, which was goat, stood for, greatest of all time. Now, in fairness, and because they're my friends, I probably exclaimed, oh, I see, and then explained to them what was confusing to me, because... I have known of the, of the tradition, and it is still a long-standing tradition, at West Point Military Academy, where several of my friends have attended and graduated from, that the member of the senior class who had the lowest grade point average, or simply put, the lowest scoring member of the class, was known as the GOAT. Being a military academy, everyone knows who the GOAT is. There, there's no hiding from it, and the tradition continues to this day that when the goat walks across the stage and shakes hand with the superintendent of the academy and takes his diploma, the largest, loudest, and oftentimes most heartfelt cheer erupts from the cadets. If you ever have seen a newspaper with a photograph of a West Point cadet graduating It is usually the goat who is the one in the picture, because, you see, he is the least of the cadets, but also he is still part of the class. And you might actually know the name of some of the goats. George Pickett of Pickett's Charge was the goat of the class of 1846, and General George Custer of the battled the little bighorn was the goat of the class of 1861. i actually know someone who was the goat of a class that graduated maybe five or six years ago whoever wants to be the first must be the last and the servant of all being last of all is difficult and sometimes downright painful to the spirit. Always being seen as the least one, or the failure, or the last one across the line, or even the only one not to be loved. There's a stigma about it. Being last stings sometimes. I know it rather well. There are many things I wish I could do better, but now, no matter how hard I try or work, it doesn't seem like I improve much. I wish I was a better golfer, a more deadly chess opponent, a faster runner, a more skilled organist, even a better writer. We also think in large societal terms about who the least are. A few generations ago, around here, they would have been the cowboys and the ranch hands and the maids and the housekeepers, perhaps being close to Portland, the dock workers or slaughterhouse folk. Today, the least may still be some of these people, but also the unemployed, the ones who are almost totally forgotten, the people that no one knows their name, and perhaps even the mentally ill. But the greatest are the movers and the shakers. They're the titans of business or princes and presidents, people who have their face on the front cover of Time magazine or you read about each week in the newspapers. They are actors and musicians, television personality, and sports and athlete stars. We all know their name, and how much money they make and then give to this cause or to that issue. And sometimes they're like E.F. Hutton. When they speak, everyone listens. And we all want to be the great, the first, the one that everybody is driven to and wishes to be around, right? I mean, really, Who wouldn't want to be the greatest, even the greatest at something small and maybe insignificant? We, as Christians, need to remember that holding power and sway over masses of people, flaunting power at a board meeting or using our influence to get what we want, isn't necessarily the way of Christ. Our gospel last week ended with Jesus reminding his followers that if anyone truly wishes to become a disciple of Christ, they must deny themselves, or in another way to think about it, they must put themselves in second or third place and then take up their cross. And crosses are not only heavy, but crosses are instruments of death. And so, following on the heels of that, we find the disciples today arguing over who is the greatest. Now, if it is a conversation that was normal, a conversation that we might have today, it might sound something like this. Well, I gave $1,000 to this cause, so obviously I am more important than that guy over there who only gave seven hundred and fifty. dollars Or, I've been with this company 30 years, and that person just started here in the last two weeks. So don't you think I know more than that whippersnapper? Or perhaps this one. I was here first. Just make sure you remember that and don't get in my way. But Jesus' whole life and ministry points away from that mindset. The greatest is not the one who scores the most basketball hoops, hits the most home runs, gives the most money with their name and their intentions attached. No. Rather, the greatest is the one who helps someone because they need it and not for glory. The greatest is the one who, as St. James said in our epistle, is willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without a trace of partiality or hypocrisy. James also warns about selfish ambitions and envy. Maybe if I do something nice for these people, they will be indebted to me and will do something i ask of them being the servant of the lord means being a disciple first putting our own cares and desires behind the needs and the hurts of others sometimes and this is very difficult to do when you yourself are hurting and in some sort of despair when you are the one who is in need of being loved and cared for, when you look out even on a bright and clear morning and see the sun and feel its warmth, but it doesn't melt the pain or coldness in your heart, that is when it is most difficult, but also most important for all of us to step forward and say, Following Christ means that even days like today, when I don't feel good, or when I'm not up to it, or I don't feel up to the calling, I must be the servant of all. And the strange thing is, when you, out of the moving of your heart, do that one thing, little something the power of the Holy Spirit is unleashed and we learn what true servanthood would be least in the kingdom of God really looks like I want you to think back to an image that you might have seen a few years ago it was a commercial that I saw that aired regularly uh, fairly often um, I can't remember all the scenes, but but it worked this way. A woman is standing on a street corner and a man is walking, maybe doing something on his phone, and she realizes it and simply reaches out and grabs his arm to prevent him from walking into traffic. They smile at each other, and then the sh- the scene shifts and this same man sees some kids and their ball lands on the sidewalk and he throws the ball to some kids who are playing in their yard. While across the street, an older woman sees this through her window and sort of is moved and smiles a little. And the commercial continues and she does something like takes dinner to someone who she knows is having a rough time. And that person who receives the meal has learned... What giving out a generosity means, and then goes and does something like volunteers their time, helping those who are less fortunate. And by the time this commercial ends, it has circled back around that somebody has helped this woman who grabbed the man's arm to prevent him from walking into traffic. Servanthood, being the least in the kingdom, becomes contagious, when we are given gifts by the servant that the greatest could never give, even for all their wealth, we learn what the love of Christ in this world looks like in the here and now, when our motive for everything we do is grounded in the love of Christ of showing people not only the love, but also the heart of Christ, then we who are lowly servants do indeed become the greatest in the kingdom. Take up your cross. Deny your own ambitions and glory. Serve the Lord. And by being the last and least of all, and the servant of all, become the first.